DJ PK in the morning is proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We had David Locke on in the 8 o'clock hour. Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. And uh, Greg basically said, yeah, Utah is going to roll. He thinks Utah is going to beat Oregon in uh, a week from tomorrow. I don't have any problem with that. And he thinks Utah is absolutely going to roll Arizona. He doesn't think Arizona's next quarterback is on the roster right now. they got a guy coming he thinks is going to be the guy, but he's not there yet. So yes, Servite's been a good program there. Yes, Servite has been. I've a never good, covered it. It's too, it was too far from where I lived, but I certainly. But they've been it. cranking out big time players for decades. Yeah, I so. think that's where the Pows went. I have to double check that. They ready to go to Servite? Yep. Yeah. He does think Arizona's defense has improved to the point that it is it's decent. They're, they're fourth in the league, so that's improving. But they they can't score points. And they've only scored 20 points once this year in a 41-34 loss to Cal. And he pointed out that Cal was missing half its team and it still took until the fourth quarter for Arizona to score a touchdown, get to 10 points, and win the game. So the Utah defense should dominate. They pitched a shutout against Stanford in the first half. It was 38-0. And then second half, they gave up a couple scores. They ought, to, they ought to be dominating again this week. So he said something else you wanted to underline, aside from those points. He did. He said that he thought that... Morgan Scali was the best defensive coordinator in the league. Now, not so much to argue that point, but is he the next University of Utah football coach? Well, for a while, I thought 100% he was. Because Papa turned 62 the next week after uh, Sunday. By Papa, you mean Kyle Whittingham. Mm -hmm. I call him Papa. I believe that if Kyle retires in the next two years, Morgan Scali will be the next University of Utah head football coach. Why does the timeline matter? Multiple reasons. Because they're going to be good in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Which means, so if you're good, then you're more likely to promote a coordinator. Yeah. There's a chance they'd be better next year than they are this year. Yes, there is a chance. Now, some of that relates to competition and all that. Sure. Uh, and so, but... I and who stays in health. Kid. Yeah. If Devin Lloyd stayed, so, oh my gosh. And I, I don't think he would. I think he'd <laughs> no, be, he's out of here. He'd be foolish. He's he, going to be a first round. He had to make that decision a year ago and he decided to come back. I don't think it's a decision now. He's gone. Yeah, he should be. Go go get that money for sure. Um, he's gonna be, is he going to be Defensive Player of the Year? Right now, I think he's going to be. I know you say Thibodeau, but I don't know that he's played enough. I think Thibodeau's a better player, but that takes nothing away from Devin Lloyd because right. Devin Lloyd, as I said, yeah. if you look at the picture of linebacker in the dictionary, it's going to be Devin Lloyd. <laughs> I mean, he's just a tremendous player. Absolutely a tremendous player. No, you can't say enough and, good things about him. We've both interviewed him. When he interviews with NFL teams, he's going to crush it. I mean, they're going to like what they see on the field, but when they sit across the table from him, uh, they're going to double down. Oh, yeah, and he should do the interview with no shirt on? Yes. <laughs> Probably he'll probably have a shirt. Because I've interviewed him a few times, you know, after practice, takes the pads off. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, this guy's got he's sculpted. Good. Yeah, he's got everything you need. Uh, so yeah, if if Kyle retires in the next two years, I think it's going to be Morgan because the team will be good. So you'll have somebody, you'll have that momentum, and a lot of times that's what happens. You know, you don't go outside if you got somebody at that point now. And then we're we're looking at how long is a defensive coordinator. You know, we're getting uh, many years. Uh, and uh, heart and soul of the program and all that stuff, and nobody knows the program better than him. And also, I'm not sure, I don't have any information on this. This is just uh, a possibility. I don't know how long that Mark Harlan would be there. 
The national average is five years, so yeah. in a couple of years, he's right up against it. Right, and so then when you get a new AD, things change, right? Yes, they can, absolutely. They can well, have their guy. Some and things they, change. Right, but they can have. But as far as the coaching search, they might have their guy, and they want to bring in their guy. Yeah, there, there will be change. With every change in management, there is change to what degree or not remains to be seen. So I believe that that's going to happen. And you Ute fans, do you think that is the right thing to do? Another defensive guy. Do you consider Kalani a defensive guy? He was a defensive coordinator, but as a player, he was an offensive guy. I think he's a defensive guy, but I think what he does so very well, in fact, I know this, I have been told this. Delegate. Not Empower. Uh, it, yes, there you go. Empower. You like empower more than delegate. Much better. This is your thing. You do it. Here's what I want. Yeah. Now go do it. And, and you listen to Kalani, what he'll say, I don't care how we do it, as long as we do it. Score points. That's all he cares about. Score points. It doesn't matter. I think Kalani has philosophies of what he thinks is right, and I think you have to be smart in your offensive uh, attack. What are you able to do based on the recruits that you can get? It sounds good. I, I remember Dave Rose talking about, yeah, everybody says they want to run. Yep. But the amount of effort and energy and, and commitment to running. Nope. <laughs> yeah. And he's 100% right about right. this. He's a hundred. The yeah. number of players who are willing to talk about it. Yeah. Great. It sounds good. Yeah, we're going to run. We're going to fast break. We're going to shoot the three, get up and down that floor, blah, 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 blah. Well, we're seeing in the Jazz transition, uh, defense is not very good. Well, you got to run back, man. And you got to dig deep, all that type of stuff, those cliches. And so it's much easier to talk about. Oh, when you run, if you run and you get a three on one, well, now going the other way, they got you four on two. So to your point, if you run down and get the numbers you want to get, you know you're exposed. Yeah, an NBA player, even if they take the ball out of the out of the out of the net, an NBA player can throw that ball up to half court like that. Yeah, I can remember playing intramurals at NAU. I played a lot of intramurals at NAU. The guys saying, "Man, we got to run." I said, "Dude, man, I'm gassed," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like 18 years old in the best yeah, shape I've ever been. Yeah, you you probably were. <laughs> the, the thing is, as soon as you get to college, you you stop running lines. So I don't think your conditioning is what it was when you uh, were maybe not. playing high school sports. Uh, maybe not. Uh, but yeah, I can remember him saying, I said, nah, can we just, let's slow it down a little bit here? Uh, and he was coaching. He was actually the coach of the team. He wasn't a player. Mm-hmm. He, had, he wanted to coach and he didn't want to play. Uh, he had some ailment or something. So he said, fine, you can coach the team. So because he wanted to be a part of it. And that was great. So you got to be smart and tailoring the type of recruits that you can get. And I've spoken to Kalani about his philosophies of, on offense many times over on um, what he would do if he became a head coach, what he thought, particularly with the recruiting base that's available here in the state. And so, but now uh, the great thing about him is he still is a defensive coach, but he's also an administrator and he has, he's empowered, which is the perfect word, Aaron Roderick. And Aaron Roderick has just done a phenomenal job. There's no doubt about it. They're winning ball games. It's all about winning ball games. You know, you can do this and that. You know, you look at Virginia's offense against BYU. That was great until the kid got hurt. But what did it amount to? It amounted to a loss. You know what I mean? So who cares? 
Fans don't really care. I mean, I granted, Whittingham isn't running in a wide-open, uh, crazy style of offense. But at the same time, they're beating somebody 52-7. to And that's all that matters is how you, how you win. And, you know, it was, it was so cool back in when Lavelle Edwards was in charge because not too many teams were doing that. And that was fun. It was innovative. It was new. Well, a lot of teams do that to a good degree now anyway, right? Throwing the ball is no big deal. It's a necessity, but it also isn't uh, isolated or unique anymore. Uh, so you, you need to be able to do that. So I think that that's what Kalani does. Uh, Kyle, uh, you know, Ludwig has a, f- a good amount of, uh, what am I looking for? Autonomy. Yeah, that, that was the word. I was thinking of autocracy, but that's not no, it. That's not uh, what he has. No, was, no, we don't want yeah. an autocrat running Right, was, uh, autonomy was the word I was looking for. I had the first four letters. Uh, so, And I don't know what Morgan would do once he slides over into that next seat. You know, you don't, I can't say. Because uh, I've never even asked him about offense. Remember, I had one discussion with him of the hundreds of the discussions that I've had with him about offense. So I don't really know. But I do think that if Kyle retires in the next two years, and I'm not breaking news saying he's going to, so don't put on the Internet that I said he's going to retire in the next couple of years. I have my feelings and conversations about it, but he'll announce it when he announces it. I'm saying if he does in the next couple of years, I think Morgan Scally will be the head coach. And I'm perfectly fine with it. And obviously, I'm 100% biased, too. I don't have any... I'm, everyone has an agenda. If they tell you they're not biased, they're full of crap. <laughs> well, everyone's full of crap anyway. There you go. That's true also. <laughs> That's, You're right about that, too. If nothing else, just the lies. To one we, degree or another. Just the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah, there you go. That's that. That's true. So I, I think that would be the right move. Keep it going. Uh, and he's very good. I will say this. He's very good at identifying talent, too, and being able to project. He's got an eye for it. There's no doubt he's got an eye for it. I've talked to him about it. He's told me, I don't get those star systems in my face. I don't care about that crap. I see what I see. And, you know, uh, Eric Rowe, for instance, not a big-time this or that, but they targeted him out of Texas, and here we are. The kid's still in the NFL, is he not? Played last night for yeah, Miami. Yeah, Miami. Right, we're getting we're getting removed a number of years. He's got his. Uh, He's robing out six years now. Seems like it. And they had him targeted from day one too. Day one, that was one of the most phenomenal things. Day one, I asked Kyle about him. Oh yeah, yeah, we got him there. Yeah, and then I asked, well, gosh, I'm shocked that I'm out there. I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, they're not telling you. Just go play. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so he ended fine. up being a great player for them and has been in the NFL for a number of years. And I think that was a scally identifiable player. So with that in mind, what do you think? I think it's the right move. Uh, this is the year seven for Eric Rowe, actually. Not six. It's seven. If you're winning, you got to keep the culture going. Then he's the guy. The only thing, and I think the... I don't know that it would have happened anyway, but I think the Big 12 really makes it not likely, is the one thing I would wonder is about bringing Kalani back or trying to bring Kalani back. And but I don't think Harlan has any relationship with him. Right, but he's got head coaching experience. and Well, if they double ties. your money and you don't have to move very far, hey, come on. Who's saying no to that? Right. So there is, a, there is a risk in giving someone a head coaching job for the first time, no matter how good they've been as a coordinator, that doesn't always work. Washington, I guess, would be the current example that comes to mind. 
No, nothing always works. If it's a guarantee, then you wouldn't have a discussion. You would already do it. So I think most ADs would prefer to give it to a proven coach. But I think if a program is rolling, you want ties to the program that is rolling. You do not want to have to start over. And I think I've got another excellent reason. And good job by me. There's a hot air balloon out there. You see that? No. To the right. Oh, way over there. Yeah, it was behind the wall to me. Yes, Mm. I see it. You're right. You don't normally see those. See them St. George a lot. Floating over, uh, what did that be, the zoo or something, or the U, somewhere over there? Yeah, yeah. it's descending right now. Uh, another good reason is Scally, and I could be wrong on this, but my instincts tells me it wouldn't be a stepping stone job. No, you're probably right about that. And we know, you look at Arizona, bad hires. Now, they all got fired. They didn't go on to other jobs. But at the same time, you bring in somebody from the outside – you know, I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. Colorado, but, stepping stone job. How many years you give him Blake Anderson? Oh, three or four. Yeah. I mean, Craig He's Smith. He's catching everybody's eye. Yeah, Craig did three. Yeah. Did three and moved to the Pac-12. Yeah. And, and you could say and three or four. Neither of those guys are from here. You could say three or four is real fast, but look what happened to Colorado. Tucker did one. Yeah. Stepping stone. Gone. And... At Utah with Scally, he would tell them, I'm not your stepping stone. I'm not your stepping stone. I'm not your stepping stone. Okay. <laughs> Come on, it's not I try to give you no reaction. I try to give you no reaction, but I feel like I failed and I still gave you too much. You found it emotionally satisfying. You're glad you did it, and you'll do it again. Despite my best efforts, I'm an enabler. Yeah, I agree, but you know, at least it's a it's a non-serious consequential enabler. <laughs> yeah, right. Except we have to listen to you. So. You know, you're not the 28 year old still living at home and the parent thinking it's the right thing to do. I ain't naming names. You don't yuck, have yuck to. looking at me. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, you know where you're going? I'm going anywhere. I think it was one time Ron Boone told me, I don't know if I should share this, but I'm too far along. He said, after the kids uh, graduate and all, you get a smaller house, so there's no room. <laughs> I've, I've had people tell me. I don't know if Booners told me that, but I've had people tell me that. They moved out. We downsized real quick before they changed their mind. I, I definitely had people tell me that. Uh, yeah, so I'm not pointing anyone i mean yeah you never know what you're going to do until you're in that situation and i don't criticize anybody because one thing i've learned well certainly as a parent i'm the last guy to criticize anyone on anything ever for the rest of my life that's for sure and then also too i've also learned you don't know what you're going to do until you're faced with that whatever that situation might be you can talk a good game and but that's all it is that's so funny because my wife was just saying that the other night i said you know who else says that i'll bet you'll never guess She's like, I don't want to play that game. Just tell me. So, <laughs> so I told her, I said, PK. She goes, I never would have guessed. <laughs> well, that's why she didn't want to play the game. <laughs> she didn't want to play the game. But she thought you were smarter when she heard that. Yeah, that's that's uh, school of hard knocks there. You don't really know how it's going to you, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, then, sounds good. And, and you may right. mean it when you say it. And you may think you do it. And it goes both ways. You might be better in the clutch. And you might also look back and think, I never thought I would have screwed that up. And yet I did. For Good sure. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screwed it up. I agree. But it can't go the other way. It's not always a negative. No, you're right. Uh, and I'm waiting for that one positive. <laughs> <laughs> 
My mom had some conflict with her father-in-law. <laughs> her father-in-law? Yeah, my grandpa. Freddie? My dad's dad. Freddie's dad? My 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 Freddie mom. Freddie J's old man, huh? My mom had conflict with my dad's dad. Wow. And, and Ooh, then didn't tell. She, I'm gonna put my feet up. <laughs> no. And <laughs> she but she did say um that when uh my uncle died, he was awesome with my aunt. And when his wife, my grandmother, got Alzheimer's, he was awesome again. She thought he was probably a little little too much of the tough guy and not enough on the caring side there. And she's like, man, back-to-back times late in his life? He crushed it. He was like spot on. And when she gave him a compliment, it was the real deal. She'd been critical long enough that her compliments carried some serious oh, weight. Oh, good for Grandpa Ed. Yeah. Was that his name? It was, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it was actually his middle name, but that's what he went by. He went by Ed. <laughs> that is sweet. His first name was actually Eric. Eric? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he went by Ed. Ed was I didn't even know that was his first name until uh Double E J. Until I was probably a teenager. And my grandmother was mad at him around me and dropped that. And I was like, Dad, I was like, Oh, so it, and I got back home. Dad wasn't there. I got back home. Dad, uh, he said, was it Eric? I thought it was Edwin. She goes, ah, she got mad at him, huh? <laughs> That's how Dad knew. He'd heard it growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. The neighbor girl, she's in her 20s now, but I know her middle name. She's the only one I know the middle name in the neighborhood because they'd, uh, the parents, when they'd get mad at her, would always They dropped say, the middle name, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and whatever my grandmother got mad at my grandfather. She got three dropped. brothers. I have no idea what their middle names he are. He went by the middle name, and she, <laughs> she dropped the first name. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, David Locke on the Jazz. What went wrong with the Jazz and lost to Indiana? A couple of big-picture Things that have been a problem since the playoffs last year that Locke thinks will continue to be challenges the Jazz face because why, PK? It's a copycat league. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. The new zone lineup is here with the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. Brogdon from the foul line, got the bounce off the front of the rim. Down the left side, Brogdon off the glass, right-hand score to foul. Rudy rolls, catches at the rim, Turner blocked it from behind. The NBA's shot-blocking leader, McConnell, through the end to Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner in a fight. Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner in a fight, they're tied up wrestling. They've been divided by security. Security is sprinted over to the side. Turner blocked Gobert and they went down. Turner felt as though Rudy had caught him or pulled him down. And then after that, and Donovan is hot. Donovan's being held back by security and blocked by two officials. So there's a brawl, or more likely, <laughs> a big old pushing, shoving match. I would have loved Jersey to see that tugging. continue. I know, right? And where was he going to go? I want two falls <laughs> out of three. Let's go. Give me some WWE. Because they both are smart enough to know I can't close these things. No. So I'm going to wrestle you. Yes. And where are we go going? Gobert said after the game, we know we can't fight. We know that. But let's meet outside. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's not televised. I want it televised. I want two falls out of three. Three falls out of five. Let's go. 
I'm telling you, the undercard to uh, Darren Williams, Frank Gore, and Vice Cahema and Jose Canseco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 9 a.m. Slacker Radio headlines brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for the $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. So David Locke came on this morning and talked about some of the issues you're seeing now are a continuation of what you saw in the playoffs. Dallas was in the playoffs playing the Clippers, thought they were going to win. They were already prepping to play the Jazz. Rick Carlisle and his assistants were all geared up for that. And so you can trace the Maverick pedigree to the Pacers and the Magic. And David says there's going to be more of this. All right, but Quinn Snyder, I thought he's one of the best coaches in the league. Right, so what is his counter going to be? That's up to him. And sitting right here as not one of the best coaches in the league. There have Speak for yourself. got to be matchups. Well, then you can correct me. There have got to be <laughs> matchups. There's 25 potential matchups. And I get that Whiteside or Gobert is in the game, and it's not going to be them taking guys off the dribble. So that leaves you 20 potential matchups on one of your other four guys. If they're going to switch everything, there's got to be a guy that you just set multiple screens until you get the defender you want, and then you go with that guy. You figure out who's the weakest link on the floor. We run screens until they switch that guy onto the guy we want. They take him out. Right, exactly. And then who's the next weakest link? And we go with that guy. It's we've been told forever. It's a league full of matchups. There's got to be a matchup that works. Well, I also think that uh, let's stop with the two of 13s, too. That would be good. And then the more you reduce those. And they have been a good rebounding team, and they did not bring the energy and the intensity in last night's game, so they were not a good rebounding team last night. They got hammered. Now, it's an outlier. I mean, you can look at the stats. This isn't something that's been happening them night in and night out. Their numbers are way too good this season. Locke's point more was that actually the rebounding's been so good, it's provided extra possessions, and it has covered up their lack of three-point shooting. But at some point, they're going to have to make threes. They're going to have to make threes. They're going to, yes. Because the way their offense works, if they shoot 33% as a team, that's not good enough. Now, the biggest problem, numerically, is Clarkson shooting 23%, but there's really only two guys who are shooting it well. There's only two guys over 33%. Right now, that's Mike Conley. And that's Joe Ingles. And they're shooting nearly identical numbers. They're a little off, but it's like 42 and 43%. So those two guys are shooting it. After that, Royce is struggling. Donovan's struggling. Jordan Clarkson's struggling. Big time. Well, you need Bogdanovich because you I don't think, I don't Bogey. think I left him Royce out. is ever going to get enough attempts to where you can get a true barometer. And not enough attempts to really sink it. Yeah, be in some type of flow. Bogey's going to shoot five a game. Donovan is shooting ten a game. That. I'm fine with but that. But both those guys are loitering in that 32 33% range, and you and I both think they're going to do much better than that. But at what point? The thing that I like about Bogdanovich is that he's willing to take the ball to the hole a little bit more, and I would like to see Clarkson do that <coughs> until the shot comes back. But at the same time, man, I don't want to put any kind of muzzle on him either. He's just the potential. It's right now. It's what it is. It's potential. It's not actuality, but it's just, it's there, and it is. It's a it's a difference maker. So it, it it's it's a delicate balance that Quinn Snyder and his guys have to do with with Clarkson. 
And he is still passing a little bit. He had three assists. Yeah. It's I fascinating think to me how they have to deal with this. Yeah. Because he does have to shoot it. But could you not shoot it so much when you're struggling so much? From distance. I do think when he drives, and there are nights, it seems he's more dialed into this than other nights, when he drives and the defense does collapse on him, he can be a good passer off the bounce. I talked to Booner about this multiple times. Oh, everybody he, collapses on him, yeah. He feels like the last skill most guys had coming to the NBA, and it's a little different now because there's so much more emphasis on ball handling the last 10 years. Um, but going back years, Booner always feels like there's guys who can't pass, there's guys who can't pass, but passing off the dribble is often one of the last things guys add. He's got that. He's done it. And there are nights he gets the five or six assists. And so maybe that's the thing is like, don't tell him not to shoot because that's a bad message to put in a shooter's brain. But tell him, you're a good teammate and we really need you to get some of these other shooters going. So when you drive and get that second guy, if you can find a guy on the perimeter and help us get him going, and maybe you approach it as a positive okay, sure, instead yeah. of a negative. And also work, he works his pivot foot so well that it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be, he's already picked up his dribble. I do wonder on some of these shots when he's shooting the floaters if he gets torn and is a little indecisive about whether he wants to drop it straight into the hoop or whether he wants to go glass. Okay, well then you need I to tell him to go glass. I know, but sometimes when he misses these shots off the back of the rim, I'm thinking, I wonder if he just changed his mind right as well, he let that, do go. that Don't do that because you're guaranteed to fail at a high percentage. You can't if you're sending yourself mixed messages, and I'm only speaking from experience. Oh, me too. Not necessarily the takeaway, but the downswing. Right. I've <laughs> I've changed my mind, and because of it, thrown the ball off the back of the rim. I know exactly why I just messed that shot up. I, I, that's the good thing about Mike is that he seems to know what he's going to be doing almost all the time. He's very. It doesn't seem like there's any indecisive. They did lose with him playing. They are now 8-2 uh, and two when he plays, 0-2 oh, when he doesn't. With him out there, I did wonder at halftime, it's like, that wasn't great, but they've had a lot of big third quarters this year. There's plenty of time. They got Conley. He often comes out hot at the start of the third quarter. Actually got a big run out of Gobert late in the quarter. But they never really made the move. They did not know, and then then the little scuffle thing, and then it was over. Yeah, uh, and and give credit to the other guys, man. They were hitting some big shots. They were, you know. And also, I brought and up they the had, odds. They had confidence. I brought up the odds of any jazz players being suspended for the next game, and you dismissed it. You poo pooed it. Well, yeah, but I don't know what the league is thinking. I'm just speaking from my perspective. Uh, that, okay, we've got you. In a sense, you want that. You want what? You want the feistiness. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, I want guys to be in it. And so because they're in it, sometimes that's going to happen. Let's not make a big deal. That's what I'm saying. Rushing 42 security guys out there just seems like it's like storming the field. We keep hearing, well, one of the uh, problems of storming the field is somebody's going to see somebody come up to them and and they're going to punch them. You know what I mean? Because they're going to get in their face. And, And you wonder... If some security guy, who was it? Didn't some somebody's personal security get physical with somebody a while back? And that pissed that them off? That does seem vaguely familiar, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah. Was it Durant's personal security or somebody? Might have been, I actually. Right. I think you are right, yeah. And I don't remember who it was or what it was over. Right. But you're right, yeah. Because it's already inflamed. I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen Mitchell that irate during a game. He kept going. Yeah, it's like... He did it, keep going. I, I didn't understand it, but so be it. Uh, 
Well, you can't hear what's being said. And you don't know what was said four minutes earlier. Every time there's one of these right. deals, it, it's like, who started well, it? Well, you don't know. It started... It may have started in a different game. Yeah, I was going to say months ago. Right. It yeah. could have started in a different game and, and be carried over. What was it? Uh, uh, Hunter Strickland of the Giants threw at Bryce Harper three years later. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I took your name and I have not paid you back. He hit yet. a home run uh, when Strickland was with Washington. And finally, or something like that, or with Philadelphia, I think it was. And yeah, so and like three years later on Memorial Day, a few years, that's when Bryce, remember, he ran out and took his helmet off and he was like going to chuck it. And you could see him in his eyes. Oh, I can't chuck it right at him. So he's kind of chucked it to the right. Threw it right into the ground. (laughs) Yeah. And then we find out that Strickland was ticked because uh, Harper stood there on a majestic home run years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, who started it? Come on. It started a while ago. You don't know what was said. You don't. You never know. I mean, you could see who pushed first. And in this case, Rudy thought he was fouled, and then he grabbed his jersey and pulled him to the ground. He did. Which live, I missed, but the replay was no, very clear. Oh, it certainly was on the, re- yeah. on the replay. I did not question. see it live, but when I saw the and replay, it was obvious. Uh, Turner bumped him. And, yeah. I mean, you're going to get that stuff. I mean, do we need to make a big deal about it? Nobody was hurt. Nobody took a swing. And, and everybody, the, the adrenaline in the arena goes through the roof. People love that stuff. That's what I'm saying. They do. Your guys are out there caring. They care. They're, they're mad. They're losing. They're frustrated. Whether it's the refs or the thing earlier in the day, I whatever, man. It's everything. And it, really, the, the Jokic-Morris uh, thing, that was much nastier, by the way. It was. And that's, although I think watching this, there's a chance it can get suspended, I have since you were saying no. I've, I've been thinking about Jokic. I thought, yeah, I thought he was going to get two and Morris was going to get one. Instead, Jokic got one and Morris got none. So, so be it. I'm guessing then probably no. Yeah. Maybe fine. I mean, yeah, fine. Sure. Fine. 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 But they play. Now the question is Saturday, does Butler play? Well, I bet he's got an injury, so that's another right. story. Man, I mean, these people are paying big money to go see these guys play. What, wasn't it one year Jordan got in a fight the game before coming to Salt Lake? And then he didn't play? Yeah. Yeah, help me out, Jazz fans. Didn't that happen, like, in the 90s? Hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. Yeah. It was, like, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and the Bulls were coming to town oh, on the really? Friday after, something like that, and he was suspended because he took a... He took I a could sw- Google it to try to find it, but if you put in Michael Jordan suspended, you're going to get all the conspiracy theories about why he was playing baseball in uh, Birmingham. <laughs> he loved the game. No, okay. <laughs> he did. That part's true. It's not the reason, but it's true. If you believe the conspiracy theorists. There's one I just found that he was fined and suspended after uh, after bumping an NBA official in a triple yeah. overtime loss in Salt Lake City. Oh, so it was here that he did it. Yeah, he, he so that's in... Oh, the Feb- triple overtime? We Fe- weren't here yet. February of 1992 is when this yeah, happened. Yeah, we weren't here yet. I heard about that game. Oh my gosh! Triple overtime bumps an official. Yeah. He was fine. They came $5, in the next year. Everybody was talking. Maybe they about were going to go play the no Lakers idea. the next, and that's where I was Maybe or something. I, I just remember it. Uh, anyway, if I would have bought tickets to that game and MJ's not playing, I don't think anybody did anything to warn it. The only thing I would say on Joe, don't be so. Uh, you don't have such velocity and shoving referee. Yeah, in. there was no slow mo Joe changing ends yeah. there. He was moving. Because Ed, the ref, 
was Ed Malloy doing his job, and at mm-hmm. no point was he making any situation worse. Nope. And Joe came flying. Yeah, that I thought that was out of character. And I was, I think, whoa. There's a shot where he turns around and Ooh. from that Joe. Joe spins around. He's the camera from the far end, not the end where it all happened, but from the far end that Joe came from uh-huh. and you. ran so many feet. And so Joe's got his back to that camera, and he turns around, and he's got a look on his face, and we can ask him when he comes on, but I wondered if that was the moment that he was processing, oh, did you see what I just did? I'm going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to run. I'm going to find, and I'm going to hear about that when I get home. Because he talked about how he was told to stop getting teased. His wife. Yeah, told he him leads the team knock, rejections knock now, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> That's two. Yeah, geez, Joe. Geez, two what out is of that twelve. Five ejections now in twelve games. Yeah, for the team. Is it yeah. Because after Joe got kicked out, somebody else did, and Donovan made the white side. Oh, was it Hassan? Didn't he, didn't he scramble with somebody? He got a technical. He never got, he didn't Oh, really? Get oh, yeah. so, there was after Joe, someone else got kicked out for some reason, and I'm blanking on what it is now. But Donovan referenced it in his post game after the game and was funny Maybe about it. It was Hassan. Yeah, I thought he got run. He did get run. You're right. No, he did. It's toward the end of the game. Yeah, it was late, late in the game. All right, anything else we covered in this uh, no, that you want to talk about? No, I'm going to get ejected right now if I don't, you are? If I don't be quiet. The uh, Cougars are playing San Diego State tonight. Marriott Center basketball, BYU TV, seven o'clock. I'm gonna watch that game. High school football triple header. I'm gonna watch all three of them. State championship four A game. State Ridgeline. championship, nothing like a state championship. Ridgeline trying to go undefeated. Eleven a.m. I never even heard of Ridgeline until in, you said it earlier. Up, up in Cash County, it's a relatively new school. They've been open four or five years, something like that. Just as long as my Chargers win, man. Corner Canyon at 2.30 against Weber. I put 500 on them. Sky Ridge and Lone Peak at 6. Nah, I bet the Weber guys. <laughs> How did the Dolphins beat the Ravens? What happened? Baltimore. Well, a couple of big plays on offense, uh, miscommunication, and then a big fumble return. And the that, Ravens did nothing. That was a shocker, yeah. The Ravens did nothing on offense. Fourth quarter touchdown late. Late lose 22-10. All right, Chiefs and Raiders. Here on the Zone Sports Network, Sunday night, it's the primetime game. Your feedback is coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. The reason the pitcher retaliated three years later is because it's baseball. And you sit and stand around and do nothing for so many hours. What else could happen but fester grudges? Yeah. And they wear pajamas. And it's the hardest thing to do in sport. Hit that ball. Moving at 90-plus miles an hour. Round bet, round ball. Not even straight. Right. Von Zip tweets at us. Von Zip, cranberries and stuffing addict. Why did the Jazz lose? Low effort and urgency. Indiana won all the hustle effort categories and won them big. Meanwhile, Utah's whining to the officials, who were horrid, by the way. There are going to be some ugly confrontations this season league-wide if they don't figure it out. But the refs did not lose this game for the Jazz. Well, I think Mitchell said that himself. Yes, he was talking about the rebounding early in the game. And if if you want to look at effort hustle categories, I think that's the one you have to circle, underline, highlight with the the yellow pen. It's just that I wouldn't get caught up in the refereeing in the moment. When Mitchell's afterward, the game's over, he's talking about it, he's, he's articulating his feelings about the subject, not just individually this particular game, but he's going big picture, and then he says, I want to make sure that 
You don't mistake them saying that's why we lost this game. I support that 100%. What I don't support, and I'm not singling him out by any stretch, is the individual whining about a no call during the game. If they were some distractions because of some other stuff going on, if you want to buy that line, if you do, fine, then I could easily make a case, well, if you're whining to the referees, you're distracted in the actual game. I think that what you're saying has been said by people much closer to the team than the media. I think multiple coaches have said that to multiple players. And when I brought that up, and well, and actually the problem where the guy drives the hoop, thinks he's going to get the foul, and falls to the ground, now it's five on four going the other way. How big a problem is that? And David Locke says, well, the Jazz are 28th in transition defense, five on five. So I'm assuming when they're five on four, they're 30th. They got to iron out the transition defense. They can't focus on the refs, even if the refs are having the worst night they've ever had. Yeah, let the coach yourself, do that. Leaving yourself five on four isn't going to help anything. And if you're really mad at the Pacers, if you're irritated with the way they're playing, the only revenge is to beat them. Everything else, blah, blah, blah. They go back to the locker room and celebrate the win. Uh, they bounce you, you out can, of the place all happy and get on the plane. You out of the tires on the bus. Yeah, but we don't talk about that on the air. You know, there's other things you can do. I see how it went when somebody came into Thunderbird High in one yak. You know, maybe. we see. I think we see what happened. Go over to the hotel and and, uh, spin in room service before it gets delivered. There's ways. Win the game. They've now lost three out of four. And they've lost Uh, two of them to teams with losing records. We're we're now in crisis situation. Yes! Crisis! I like it! (laughs) Crisis! 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I probably would have eliminated the pounding. But let, yeah, let's see what they you got. You know what, now. though? It's hard to beat a team twice in one week. Well, that bodes well. And the Heat you just know, won you, last week. You only say that when it's a negative. You never say it when it's a positive. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break with tradition. <laughs> I'm going to bring that up. There is some truth to that. I see it happen all the time. I see teams around the league, and I see that happen. There is some truth to that, so the Jazz ought to cash in on that truth, especially if Jimmy Butler is still sidelined. Play well. I still go what I've said. I've been saying it all season. I'm going to keep saying it. Maybe I'll change my mind. But it's, it's all about the Jazz. It's not about the opponent. They do what they're capable of doing. They're, They'll win way more than they lose. Yeah. Because they're a good team. Right. That's what the bottom line is. I was discouraged in the moment, but the NBA season is all about moments until you get to the postseason. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, Jake, Ben. I see them. They're right there. They are right outside the door, ready to go, ready to talk jazz basketball. And on a football Friday, all the games coming up, college and pro this weekend. They will do that next. Stay with us.